Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Twin Community Broadcast. Today we're going to look for the patterns. My name is Ben Rosa, and as usual, we'll talk about Trino, everything in the Trino community, big data, data mesh, SQL, and you'll see today there'll be a lot of SQL. Your brain will be smoking. It's going to be super interesting. Kasse is going to be an expert joining us. So uh, welcome to today's episode. Brian Host is as usual hosting with me again. Brian, hey everybody. And today we have Cassia joining us all the way from the other end of the globe back in good old Europe. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I'm Kasia. I live in Warsaw. I'm a Trino maintainer and I'm really excited to be here. We're awesome. excited Thank to have you, you Kasia. That's yeah. going to be super awesome. But before we get to learn a lot more about Cassia and her incredible work she's been doing on Trino for many years now, um, we'll talk about a whole bunch of other things. So what's been happening, Brian? Oh, not too much. I'm I'm literally uh, finally getting back to my professional mic. I don't know if anybody noticed in the last couple episodes, but my my uh, microphone has been really like choppy, uh, and it's because I I've uh, did not have my studio. I still don't have my home studio. I'm getting kind of used to this whole trying to do this in a public setting. So um, so yeah. So I finally have my 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 wonderful smooth mic back. Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, hopefully getting into my own studio at home at one of these days. Uh, but, you know, we're getting there. <laughs> it's weird how you love to end up having some equipment with you to do certain things, right? Like yeah. a proper green screens. Like who the hell would have thought that a green screen is something important at some stage? But totally. Oh well. Yeah, definitely. But other than that, uh, you know, we we have a Trino Summit coming up. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, down down the line. And uh, um, and yeah, I think you're really excited to hear about uh, Release 360. Um, before we hop into all of that, though, and get in all the fun uh, pattern matching stuff, let's uh, hear a quick word from our sponsor, Starburst. Colleen Tarto. I am the director of engineering on Starburst Galaxy. What is it actually offering? So, I mean, I, I think this kind of like builds on some of the open source Trino stuff, but is it doing a lot more? Uh, what what kind of pains is it solving? Could you kind of uh, uh, give us a little bit of insight on, on what actual pain this is going to be uh, uh, alleviating? Yeah, absolutely. And so to, to think about that, I always like to go back and think about what's the difference between Starburst Enterprise and Trino, right? And so I always like to think of Starburst Enterprise as the cool older sibling to Trino. It's a little bit more mature, a little cooler. It's got a, it's got a car. It's got yeah. some cool stuff going on, leather jacket, you know. Um, and Trino is awesome in its own right, don't get me wrong, but Starburst Enterprise is just better and a bit more grown up. And specifically what that means to me is that with Enterprise, you get more. You get more functionality, faster performance, more connectors, more security, better management, better integration into the ecosystem of tools that you already use today, data governance, integration, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but what really speaks volumes to me is that when you use Starburst Enterprise, you get Starburst, right? You get best-in-class support from the folks who work for us, and they know Trino best because they created Trino, and they're con continuing to contribute to Trino. Um, but Starburst Galaxy takes that to a whole other level, right? So one of the pain points is installing, managing, maintaining, monitoring Starburst Enterprise. And so Starburst Galaxy alleviates all that, right? So it's um, a fully managed service. It's Starburst Enterprise as a managed service and more. And one last question. As yeah. uh, 
going to be any free offerings coming up anytime soon. Is that on the road? Absolutely. We're building out. We've got a free trial. Um, so if you're interested, absolutely reach out to us. We are very excited about it. Um, and then we're talking about sort of a free tier. So like being able to just play around with it in your own environment and see what's what. We'll keep you all uh, up to date on when you can start to play around with Galaxy and Trino uh, for free for just a little bit and uh, get to know this incredible service called Starburst Galaxy. Thank you so much, Helen. Thank you. All right. Oh. Where did we stop in here? We missed out on, there we go. <laughs> There's yeah. everybody. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so uh, Manfred, you told us a little bit about Release 360 uh, in the previous episode, a little bit of sneak peeks, but tell us about uh, all the cool stuff that's come out since then. Yeah, we come full circle, right? 360 releases out <laughs> right. by the end, of the end of the month. So just a couple of days ago now, basically, um, the official announcement from Martin contains a lot of the things that I sort of like spilled the beans on already last time. So we do have the automatic configuration of TLS for, inter for cluster internal communication. So that used to be super painful. Now it all happens automatically. That's relying on some of the amazing hackery from Dane and David um, working with the Jetty developers. So essentially uh, what happens is you don't need to create any certificates for the domain names of the individual workers. It all happens automatically based on the IP address. Uh, all you have to do is switch on one configuration and I got that documented as well. So check that out, super awesome. If you need this sort of like super end-to-end -end secure communication, which includes inside the cluster. Hmm. Um, Martin also mentioned the improved correlated subqueries with group by or limit clauses that's improved. The uh, Elasticsearch connector, your, your favorite little connector, Brian, uh, got <laughs> AWS I, uh, Identity Asset Management as a role. Yeah. So you can use that for authentication, specifically useful for people that use the Elasticsearch connector in an Amazon yep. uh, use case. So that's, this, that's, that's a pretty big one, too, because I know there's a big shift, you know, when, when Elasticsearch changed their licensing and stuff, a lot of people went to open, uh, open, distro. open distro. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, you know, also, I think where this is also applicable. Yeah. Open distro is pretty much uh, equivalent to uh, at least what, how we use the API and stuff like that uh, is, is yeah, equivalent to. Yep. So you can use that uh, in AWS if you have like all the security stuff set up there. Now, if you're on o Open Distro, you can take advantage of that. So that's big. Yeah, it's also uh, super nice to have that in other connectors over time. Um, maybe um, specifically if you run on a Amazon RDS, right? You run your PostgreSQL database there, which yeah. you can connect to as well over time. We maybe be able to do that as well. So that's cool. Um, Iceberg. There's always stuff happening in the iceberg world, as we know. Yep. Um, this time, remember when we talked about views with uh, yep. Anjali, she's like, well, Trino doesn't support the normal views in the iceberg connector, only the materialized views. Well, uh, voila, that is no longer true. So the Trino uh, iceberg connector now supports normal views and materialized views. So where maybe performance is not that important and you, or you don't have enough storage to have a materialized view, you can still now use a view itself, which is super awesome because it can abstract a lot of the complexities and pains of like queries away into a dedicated view that your business analysts can do. So. 
Yeah. So, right. so to be clear about, uh, we, on episode 18, we, we jumped into this. And, uh, if you look at this chart here, we were saying that only, we only allow Trino, uh, view logical views, uh, on the hive connector. And so, and then we said, it's not available on iceberg connector after 360. Now this, this changes to a check mark here. So, so if yes. you go back and you want to look, learn all of there is to know about views, definitely check out episode 18 and just know that this, uh, iceberg now supports logical views on the Trino side. So, uh, so really cool. Uh, really excited there. Uh, and, and again, thanks to uh, the Netflix folks. I believe it was the Netflix folks that that did that one as well. Um, no, it was oh. folks. But oh, okay. No, well, thank you, I'm Starburst. Sure we work very closely <laughs> with the guys from Netflix. We're all working together. This is all one absolutely where we get a lot of stuff done together. In fact, I, I put my little bit of effort in as well because what I did is I. I documented the materialized views for yep. the commands and in the iceberg connector with the help of Charlie and others. So yeah, so we had a lot of people asking about in general, we're just getting so many, as many questions coming in about iceberg. So anybody who wants to do like a, any code uh, or sorry, any documentation to kind of get in like nudge their way into the community, please like iceberg. Uh, there's so much low hanging fruit to do on, on the iceberg connector. Like that is, that'd be a incredible help for a lot of people out there. So, so definitely if, if you want to get involved, that's, that's an easy way to do it. <laughs> yeah. And we have the good first issue tag and GitHub for issues as well. So you can always poke around there. Definitely. Um, Partial support for delete and batch insert was added to a whole bunch of JDBC-based connectors, which is pretty cool. So nice. um, that's a bit of a performance enhancements for the inserting of data. Obviously not a common use case or the core use case of Trina, but still useful to expand more and more. In general, if you look at the top of the release notes directly, we're not worth looking now, but there's a whole bunch of fixes for like performance and little correctness fixes. So. Um, it felt like there's more than usual. There's always a whole bunch, but this time it felt like there's even more. And then there's a, a numerous improvements also on the iceberg connector beyond just the adding, well, just the adding. Of the <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. So, it's too so, easy to say that word sometimes. You yeah, say, yeah, yeah. I just saw, saw another video before where it's like talking about don't always say very. So, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Not just very <laughs> good release. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we don't so want to minimize that it. was the 360 release. Um, awesome. awesome to have it out there. Try it out. Should be very good. Awesome. Well, great. Um, other than that, uh, let me pull up. Uh, we have a, uh, and I should have brought this up beforehand. You know, silly me, I always do things right as I'm thinking about them. Uh, so we had this blog that just came out, uh, the announcing Trino Summit. Um, and uh, we basically uh, letting everybody know we are um, going to be hosting a hybrid uh, event. Uh, so it's going to mean that we're going to have some speakers uh, that are going to be uh, there in person. Also have a, a small amount of people if you want to uh, sign up today. Uh, so definitely if you want to go to register, uh, you go to the register page, you can click on either live or virtual. And uh, if you're going to be there trying to attend live, uh, we can't guarantee the amount of seats. It's very limited. And we actually have it at half capacity uh, to start with just due to like, you know, trying to safety precautions for COVID. Um, but then, you know, if you're not able to do that and or, you know, you're you're not ready to travel. Well, of course, you know, please join us virtually. Um, the the date needs to get updated on this blog. I will be updating it to October 21st. We had a, a conflict with the vendor. So we will be moving that again one more time. I uh, really do apologize about that if you have already booked for October 13th. Uh, so it'll be now on October 21st. 
31st, and we'll be announcing that, uh, re-announcing this and basically refreshing this blog. Uh, but look forward to that. We have uh, Netflix uh, is going to be joining us, talking about uh, some caching stuff is, is kind of in the works. Um, we we have uh, some hush-hush uh, stuff that we can't talk about yet from LinkedIn. Um, we also have... Uh, the the uh, Robin Hood will be joining us. Uh, they're still figuring out uh, the exact specifics around their talk, but uh, you know, definitely going to be talking a little bit about their infrastructure. So a lot of really cool uh, 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 people that are using out there using Trino. Uh, really excited to have them uh, speaking at the event, and uh, you know, a lot more to come from there. Uh, of course, we're going to have Martin, Dane, and David. They'll be giving us all of the updates on on uh, all the cool things that have been happening throughout the the last year. So so look forward to that and. Uh, um, I guess that's uh, pretty much it for that. You, uh, anything else news-wise? Yeah, favor, go to the homepage for a second. Oh, sure. So uh, I just want to mention this. Check oh, out yeah. all the logos there. Like we got some more added again. I noticed that Shopify is now uh, also a real yep. well-known entity that's using Trino. So we have a lot of people that are using Trino that are well-known in the industry. So it's got to be something there. It's a pretty damn good thing. You should try it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, thanks for cloud, uh, recent additions here as Cloud Chef Labs, uh, Data Sapiens, and Didi. Uh, thank you all for for uh, joining up and uh, and giving us your uh, your um, testimonials. Uh, anybody who's on this list that has agreed at least to do this, uh, if you want, please leave a, you know, a testimonial uh, if you haven't already. And uh, you know if you ha are not on this list and you want to be on this list uh reach out to manfred or myself on the uh, uh on the slack channel or on twitter uh our, our hash our um our uh handles are are on our little name tags over here in the stream so um so yeah please do reach out to us and uh we'd like to um you know definitely get more more uh people who are using trino uh letting everybody know your your story and what you have going on so um Great. So with that, uh, let's go. Uh, is, are you ready to go on the concept of the week, Manfred? We have a concept of the week. Um, we have yeah. a sure go to the, the concept, concept of the, of the week. <laughs> I just, we got to get that smoother at some point. I got to figure out how to like, you know, I, I want it to be very epic uh, build up to that, but uh, it's, I never, I, I feel like I always stumble right before I get to it, but we'll, we'll, we'll work on them. Well, I, I swear maybe in the next, it's maybe five episodes. Trial and error, Brian. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well now we're, we're here to your portion, Kasha. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. Um, and I, I think before we, we just directly jump into the technical stuff, I really want to kind of, you know, do more. We, we've, we've had some other technical folks that are from our, our Trino project, but that's mainly been Martin, Dane, and David, Manfred, and myself. So, you know, otherwise the guests have been outside. So I really want to kind of let people get to know about the maintainers and the contributors uh, a little bit better. And you in particular, our maintainer, um, could you just tell us like a little bit about yourself, maybe where you're from, hobbies, things like that, uh, just to let everybody get to know you? Sure. Uh, I, I live in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, okay. I am a, indeed a Trino maintainer, but uh, much more I consider myself a contributor. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've only become a maintainer recently. Yeah. And uh, in a private life, I'm a mother of a big family. I say <laughs> big family. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, Trino, is, well, Trino is my hobby. Yeah. 
has not become a job, but it still feels so, it's just so gratifying and it feels so good to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just fuels me like a humby shit. So yeah, I think of Trino as, as the humby. That's, I mean, that's, that's a impressive. great hobby, right? <laughs> we, <laughs> we like it. Yeah, that's good. So uh, that's awesome to juggle parenthood and, and, and that stuff is cool. I have three boys, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's always, it's never boring. It's definitely fun. So that's cool. Yeah. So, so obviously you've been developing quite a bit. Uh, so I, I got started with a Commodore 64 hacking around and on an assembler a long time ago. How did you get into software development? Oh, that, that's not a long story. I think it's quite a short story. Um, but I used to study computer science long ago, but I actually ne never finished that. Then for many years, I was busy doing uh, other things, uh, basically the family stuff. And then eventually I just took up programming as a hobby. And uh, for that, I started with Project Euler, which is kind of an um, algorithmic competition. Yeah. And that required me actually to learn the very basics of Java to yeah. be able to code anything because I, I basically wasn't able to. And the, the rest was just about logical thinking. So it didn't require any knowledge actually. Yeah. And um, well, the next thing was that I met uh, Trino thanks to my husband. Uh, yeah. Actually it was called Presto at the time. And yeah. I began with some small contributions and then gradually I did more and more complicated stuff. Awesome. <laughs> well, and, and I'd like to go a little more, you know, what, what's your role in the Trino project? Like what kind of work do you focus on? Uh, what, what things get you excited about Trino? Well, I, I've been involved since, uh, 2019 and, uh, my area is not a very broad one, I think. I mostly work on adding uh, new language features, like the match recognized recently, or yeah. the with recursive syntax, or window clause, just to name a few. And uh, other than that, I work on optimizing the query plans and uh, on supporting different kinds of uh, correlated queries. Yeah. I, I like how you say that casually when yeah. literally this is like the super core of the system and the most complex parts. Yeah. You're like throwing it out there just like window clause and match recognize. <laughs> and I'm like trying to help you read the document, like the, write the documentation and my head is just smoking and I can't even think about <laughs> I know. How you, oh, how you like write the code. So I love how you say that so casually. That's yeah. that's super amazing. So, so if anybody doesn't know, Kasha is super humble <laughs> and she's not going to tell you how incredible uh, and all the cool things she's done here, but we're going to brag for her just a little bit and say she's incredible. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so uh, great, great work on everything that's come down the line. Even in the last, I think it's really been like like, like a lot coming down in the last uh five releases like when do we get actually window function's been here for some time like it's been uh do you remember what version was window function manfred i don't remember but it's been like constantly getting improvements from yeah yeah it's huge did uh the correlated subqueries is also another one of those things that uh, you spend some time in as well right yeah yeah for example i added support with for correlated subqueries involving unnest yeah Yep. other shapes yeah they uh, usually every shape of those queries uh, requires special handling so yeah yeah, yeah so, uh, so 
So one-, one thing I wanted to say, uh, just uh, was mentioned by Ashar was uh, uh, he said like language features and optimizers and really it's like the most challenging part of, and lies at the core of everything we do. So I think wow. uh, he just pretty much echoed what what uh, me and Manfred were were saying. Like it's it's not easy stuff. If, if yeah, for those Ash, that- just for those that don't know, Ash is one of the other pro- like another prolific maintainer. So she, yep. he knows the code base, so he knows what he's talking about. Exactly. A bit more than you and me, right, Brian? <laughs> yeah. No, we 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 dawdle around on documentation and and uh, some of the connector stuff but this is like the the real meat of the of the um of the core engine so <laughs> so question Cassio um when when you say you're writing like the SQL standard and implementing things like match recognize one thing that I always find super annoying when I look into SQL is like how the different databases have these different standards and they all have their own documentation and then Trino obviously tries to stick with the standard, right? But then when you want to read the standard, there is no standard documented. You have to buy like things from ANSI and whatever. Like how, how do you know what the standard says? Like and now and then I see like Matit saying, well, the standards is this. That's what it says. Like it's literally like, yeah. you just how, how do you deal with that? You just have to read it. I know that uh, often there's no use uh, checking what other databases do because if there's anything that's uh, doubtful that you don't really know uh, intuitively how it should behave, then there's also no use checking other databases because they all have it different. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing you really need to do is to go through the standard. And uh, it's, yeah, we are very focused on, on keeping to the standard. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I can say that it's terribly hard to read, terribly hard to understand, and uh, it takes a lot of effort, but uh, I believe that, uh, I I believe that there are really smart people behind it. And if something is there in the standard, then they put it there for a reason. So Mm. it's just worth following. That's what we do. We don't reinvent the features. We don't do some variants of the features but we just yeah. try to uh, yeah to have them as they are described in the sql specification well, and with so, that so you, you get have... some alignment you know it's just great that you have like standards in general whether or not they're perfect it's better that there's a standard than an imperfect standard or no no an imperfect standard than no standard is what i would say Sure. So, so do you actually have access to the standards like you have some, some sort of uh, subscription where you have access to the real like like there's like NCC, I don't know what the latest, latest one is, like 2017 is, is that the latest one or 16 or so? Uh, yeah, 2016 is the latest one and the fattest one. <laughs> Actually, it's nothing like the previous standards. Uh, so yeah, hmm. every feature is, goes in hundreds of pages. So it's, wow. it's, really, it's a challenge. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge in itself to, to, to read it. Um, That's awesome. I have one, a, one, day, one day we'll have to play around with. I'll, you have to show me one day when I'm coming over to Poland. Hopefully in, in the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to just see this scroll that you have and roll out the giant uh, book. Um, I, one last question I, I had, uh, Kasia, before we move on to actually diving into match recognize was: How did you make these really cool SVG? <laughs> like, I, oh. these are awesome. The pictures. Oh, I. Yeah, I thought that would be some very difficult part of writing a blog post because, yeah, I've seen a lot of those great pictures around. And then I just found that Google Drive has got an excellent tool. It's called just Drawing. Ah, okay. Drawing, and it's so convenient. It helps align the objects. It helps to copy them so that I can reuse my work. 
and it's just just right for this purpose. Ah, yeah, wow. We're, we're advertising Google now on this. Google draw, everyone. <laughs> uh, well, great. One one last uh, uh, comment I wanted to, to bring up. This is uh, from Rose. She said, yay, Kasha. So, <laughs> so we have we have uh, Kasha fans in the stands right now. So uh, thanks for that, Rose. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so let's let's go uh, really hop into this. Uh, I want to, you know, before we totally jump into a lot of the kind of technical aspects uh of of like you know all, all of this stuff um what would why would we actually want to have something like match recognize i think you know match if you look at this query it's it's a little like it looks a little scary to begin with and so you clearly have to have some understanding for this and and uh, you know know how to do this so could you kind of walk us through uh, if you want me to i could bring up the blog or you tell me what you want me to bring up but uh just just walk us through kind of what what uh, why somebody needs match recognize versus just using kind of simpler SQL stuff? <laughs> okay, I, I can try to. Sure. Simply said, match recognize allows you to use regular expressions to find patterns in your data, right? Okay. And if the match is found, if uh, your data matches the pattern, then it also allows you to take any metrics you want from that matching data. It yeah. even supports special syntax to do it. And the cool thing, the thing that I really like about Match Recognize is that it's not just another tool that you can put on top of Trino to consume the output of Trino, but instead this is a part of pure SQL. So you can use it directly in your query. Yeah. You can even use it multiple times in your query. Yeah. And you can, for example, put one match recognize on top of another inside your query if you want to check if your patterns follow some other patterns. I think mm. that's really cool. Yeah. So so can if I understand this correctly, it allows you to do things that like pattern recognition and like processing data uh, for patterns that are otherwise require multiple SQL statements and maybe some post-processing and all this other complexity. And with yeah, Match Recognize, I, you don't have to necessarily do that anymore. I'm not sure if you can uh, get that much power from SQL not using Match Recognize. combining many statements. That's probably, Match Recognize is probably something more powerful than anything else combined. Wow. So you would have to like actually write something else, like get the data with SQL and then post-process it with Python or some other. Probably, yes, probably so, yeah. Okay. yeah. So that's super painful, obviously. So yeah. So let's tell us more about this match recognize. You've got me interested here now. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> All right. Well, I could think of some real life example. Uh, I'm, well, I'm not a data analyst. I think that a data analysts could come right away with some some interesting examples of uh, some use cases for that. Um, well, if, for example, if you are a person responsible for security in some financial system, yeah. um, such person certainly knows what are the symptoms of something going wrong, yeah. right? They have to just detect it. Uh, some, maybe some usage patterns that signal a fraud attempt or some other danger and if that person is able to encode this knowledge in the form of a regular expression then trino can find those events for them hmm. right or i think that i, I can think of another yeah? one so do you tell me if that might work remember brian a while ago we had uh 
someone as a guest, I forgot now, but they were basically doing like secure detecting of logs and analyzing for like attack patterns and stuff like that. Was this resurface you're talking yeah, about? I think so. Yeah, resurface was doing yeah, this. So so they using Trino with the memory connector and they basically get all these like attack logs and like on web servers and stuff like that. Yep. And they and he was literally saying they they check for patterns. So yeah, it's a perfect use case if they run it on their logs and yeah, and define some pattern which which is interesting. And again, they probably would have had, I'm guessing in their solution too, they're probably having to run either some sort of custom thing or they have like a, maybe a function that they wrote that plugs in that makes this magic happen because they, they had to customize a couple of things about Trino and they, that was one of the things that they loved about it was, oh, you can customize these things and it's great. But All right, like, so now they have much recognized. Exactly. Yeah. So I now this is built it. in. Yeah. Uh, they don't use it. Yeah, they wouldn't use it yet. But maybe that's like now they wouldn't have to do all this like custom stuff. They can just use the upstream like, you know, open source project out of the box without having to, you know, do some crazy thing. And all of it's done in SQL. That's that's, I think, the true magic that we're trying to achieve here. So. Yeah. So Rob Dickinson, if you're watching, <laughs> talk to Cassia. Let's find out more. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool if we could actually combine these these uh, use cases for sure. So, um, okay. So what, I mean, the challenges, was there, was there like, you know, to get something like this with this heavy amount of like, uh, functionality to work, like there has to be a lot of challenges that you, you face to get this like set up in Trino. So could you kind of run through like what changes on the SPI or was there anything like, yeah, obviously we had to add the grammar for match recognize unless we had it before. So like what, what changes needed to be made to actually make this work? Oh dear, that, that was a lot of changes. That was a <laughs> one big challenge. Yeah, the, and the challenge didn't even begin with implementing the feature, but uh, first I just had to just read through the specification, which is way more than a hundred pages regarding this feature. And wow. I had to yeah, read deep into that. And you know how terrible it looks. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. spec and it, it, it's uh, weird grammar. Yeah. So I read into it and, until my, I don't know, my brain developed some new part which could think like much recognized. <laughs> <laughs> then there was a the time to start implementing the feature. Oh, wow. And then it, it required changes just all along the path of the query processing from introducing the grammar to handle this syntax, then the analyzer part to analyze the, this kind of queries, then the planner part to. Mm. To plan the uh, this query, and for that I have to introduce a new plan node to capture this functionality. Okay. Then the optimizer part, because of course we added a bunch of uh, optimizations. Uh, finally, the execution. Well, one of the challenges was was that um, there is a, a new abstraction that uh, had to be added to Trino. And to capture the idea of the pattern label, the pattern, the, just the pattern component, the pattern uh, yeah, consists of some components and Trino never had anything like this because it wasn't needed before. And it is uh, crucial to handle this kind of query uh, from the grammar up until the execution. So it had to be introduced. And this, uh, this pattern, uh, does it apply anywhere else or is it only for match recognize? Uh, actually, uh, according to the spec, you can 
find those patterns uh, via the match recognized clause, but also in window. And okay. the, the other kind, the window extension, is something that we also added recently. So we oh, now cool. have bo both uh, kinds of pattern matching. And I think you documented that. We'll cover that here. I think that's going to be the pull request of the week. So we'll get in a little more into that, the window one uh, here in a little bit. But yeah, it was just just to, at, while we were in this train of process, I wanted to make sure we covered, you know, does this pattern, is this only a match recognizing or is it is it more broadly applicable? And it looks like the answer is yes. So yeah, cool. there are two ways of uh, using this, cool. two ways of matching patterns, and they differ a little both in, in syntax and semantics. Very so, cool. Uh, yeah, and the, the biggest challenge actually of uh, implementing this feature was in the execution. Yeah. And uh, well, I'd like to explain you why, but it's uh, quite hard to <laughs> explain because, yeah, yeah normally, operators work in the way that they get an input stream of data. On that, they do their job and they pass on the stream of data. And it appeared that this model was too limited to handle the case of match recognize, hmm. because it not only uses the input stream of data, which, is, which it does, obviously, but it also computes on the run and uses much more data. Hmm. And some expressions can be evaluated only when you combine the input data with the other data you've got. Okay. So, that's because, so, so just to understand, right? Because I think that's because match recognize works on a number of records, right? Yes, it works on a number of records. And additionally, so it's like a, a window function when you have a frame. Yep. So that's a good analogy. But additionally, you also have the match, which is uh, in progress. So the labels matched to rows and the other uh, properties of this match that can also participate in evaluating uh, expressions inside the operator. Mm -hmm. Actually, I, I'd like to show you a picture. Uh, uh, Brian, could you please show that uh, picture? No, no, the one below. Yeah, this one. Um, this uh, col long colorful string uh, at the top uh, the red if uh, if pref start price one the the long uh, after, uh, just below the word measures just below the word oh yeah right here okay yeah this is, the, yeah, this is a long expression that you can uh, use that you can write inside the match recognize clause mm -hmm. and it contains a lot of the special syntax i meant i mentioned before that uh, special syntax is supported yeah. and uh, yeah, this is this special syntax makes those expressions very powerful, very expressive. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it also was a great challenge to implement. Yeah, and if somebody if somebody's curious about this that hasn't seen match recognized before, a lot yeah. of this is actually covered in this blog, and we've linked that from the show notes. So uh, Kasha covers this beautifully in this blog. I think it's uh, somewhere down here. So if you want to learn about all of the specific syntax of like measures and pre prev and all these other pieces that that's all included in this in this blog here. So we're going to gloss over it a little bit as as Kasia explains it, but just know that if you want to dig into this, uh, it's it's there for you. So continue, Kasia. I just okay. wanted to mention. So yeah, that's that this long colorful expression, 
and uh, it has a lot of this special special syntax re restricted to much recognize it's mm -hmm. a spread it's a match number yeah. last classifier these are all keywords that you can use in match recognize mm -hmm. and uh, to evaluate this expression which you probably need to do for every row uh, you have to uh, can you please scroll down to that uh, picture um, oh, the picture again sorry yeah, this picture because I wanted to show which uh, where are the values that you need to combine. Like Got this, uh, in the red frame, there is uh, some input value from the input channel, and uh, in the blue frame, there is uh, another value from uh, yeah, it's the same column but different row. Mm -hmm. And this you have in the input, but additionally to uh, evaluate this expression, you need the match number. This is the purple frame with uh, one in it. Yep. This is something that is only known to the operator and it, it is only known at runtime. Yep. And another thing is this app in green frame. Uh, this is a pattern label. This is a, a component of the match, yep. which is also known only to the operator at this very point of matching the pattern. Yeah. So only if you get those four values and you combine them, then finally you can evaluate this expression. And well, maybe that, that doesn't look so, I don't know, amazing, but to me as a developer, that was the biggest challenge of uh, implementing match recognize. Well, no, it, and we'll, we'll see in a more specific example in the question of the week on how you could apply something like this. And also there's a, a, another good example that you can, that uh, Kasha is going to go through in the demo of the week that will go over TPCH data. Um, it's a little more abstract, but it's also like something that you can just run yourself. So a, a lot of this, and when you first look at it may seem like not make sense, but when you come back to it and you run it yourself and you kind of see well, what's going on here, it'll, you'll actually, that, kind of it, you'll, you'll reach this aha aha moment okay this is how it works uh and and so and this is what it's doing and then you know you can kind of extrapolate all the different things that you can do that in sql to actually do something even close to this you just like we were saying before you really just can't it would try to you would pretty much have to take this out of some in some imperative language or or some sort of you know just like or dynamic language like or python or something like that and do the actual uh, like coding there rather than uh, just being able to get it out of bare SQL. So this is, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to explain uh, and, it, and you've done an incredible job at actually, you know, explaining it here, but you, you know, to be able to actually go through label each row in a particular type of pattern that you're looking for, and then apply some sort of either statistical analysis on that. That's, that's actually a very heavy tool and it can be applied to many different operations or many different uh, data uh, processing that, that uh, people aim to do in other ways. And so you can do it uh, once you think can think in the terms of match recognize, it becomes uh, very clear on how to apply different problems to this space. So, so very, very cool. And I think this is, uh, you know, I, that's my take on it, but you know, you explained it super well in the, in the blog there, Kesha. Maybe maybe we should should check it out in practice. I think like as usual, when you see these things in action, it gets much more interesting. It's also true. Yeah. Uh, well, before we hop to that, do you do you want to uh, actually go over? Well, or do we want to go straight to the demo, or do we want to hop over the PR? What do you think? Uh, okay. Maybe we could go for the syntax. 
Yeah, let's go ahead and do that's that. That's part of the PR in a way because that's where we document it. So I guess that works well together. Yeah. So um, let's see. So you were, or were you saying you wanted to cover the yeah, syntax cover here? It there. And yeah. The, the PR of the week basically um, was where we wrote the documentation for metric. There's another one where we wrote the the row matching in window in Windows window clauses. <clears throat> the result is essentially documenting what Brian is showing here, which is yeah. the syntax or a, a, an example query. So yeah. Katia, you wanna give us a bit of an overview? Sure, yeah, please. All right, so yeah, <laughs> this is uh, this one example of a query that was run in Trino. Uh, it used some sample data and the, this, this data is declared here at the top. It is Oops. the table. Uh, <laughs> Oopsie, that was my bad. Uh, yeah, it's a table orders. It has only three columns. Uh, there are customer ID, the order date, and uh, price. And if you take a look at the column customer ID, it has only two distinct values. So there's just customer one and customer two in it. All right, and now the match recognize syntax. Um, it begins with this keyword match underscore recognize. And uh, all the rest of the query up until the query end, this is actually the inside of this clause. So it has got many subclauses, many options inside. Uh, it's a big uh, portion of syntax. Totally. And uh, I think that uh, I'd like you first to take a look at the, maybe at the pattern clause because we are searching for the pattern here. So that's the, the first question, where's the pattern? So okay. it's it's here near the bottom. Yeah, it should be at the top, I guess. But for some reason, the, the pattern clause is here at the bottom. And it says start, down, plus, up, plus. And uh, as you remember, that's uh, just a regular expression. So we can read it as one row is matched to start. Then one or more rows are matched as down. And then one or more rows are matched as up. Yeah, but how does the engine know which rows can actually be matched as start or down or up. Mm -hmm. And this is what we do in the define clause. The, the, yeah, that's the, the clause at the bottom. It says define down as price lower than pref the previous price. So now we know and the engine knows that the, the row is a down row mm -hmm. if the price is descending compared to the previous row. And it says define up as price greater than previous price. So up is about ascending rows. And if we take a look at the pattern again, then we see that first we have a sequence of um, descending prices and then sequence of ascending prices, which together form a like a V shape. That's why we call it a V pattern. So so here we have the top row. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be the dumb algorithm right here. They have the top row, and then I say, okay, I'm analyzing this uh, this price, and I'm I'm trying to compare previous prices. So I, if I'm comparing previous prices in this partition of customer one, I look here and I say, okay, let's start with this price, and I'm going to now see uh, if this goes up or down. So in this case, I go from 200 to 100. So I'm gonna mm -hmm. label this row as down. Go to the next row, 100 to 50, down. And then I go 50 to 100, and then that goes up. So that is how we are labeling, and that's how the labeling is basically getting defined here. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. All right. 
So when we have the pattern and define the next uh, important clause is the measures clause. That's because here you specify what actual information you want about the match that is found. If you found the matching portion of data, then what do you want to know about it? And here it says start price. So this, the price is at, as, at the first matching row. Then the last down price, that will be the last price at the descending slope. So that will be the bottom price effectively. Then the last up price, which is the last price on the ascending slope. So the final price. And we also ask for the starting date and the final date. And that's, that's all the information we want. Perfect. So those all are right. automatically also the fields that are returned here. In this, like in this case, on your select statement, you are returning yeah, you, the customer and then those other fields, because that's what you're interested in, right? Yeah, the, you declare those those fields, those measures in match recognize, and you can simply select them from here. Mm -hmm. Cool, very cool. All right, so let's see what else can we do in match recognize clause. Uh, from the uh, from the top we can partition the data and that's uh, yeah th that's very reasonable because if we have information about all customers in our table but we want to analyze it per customer then it's reasonable to partition it by customer id so that every customer forms a separate partition to be processed distinctly from, from all the others so how uh, like just okay so this is the tangent now but I'm assuming that then means that those partitions are somehow created in the execution and are actually distributed across mm -hmm. the cluster and processed in different workers and shares potentially. Is that right? Yeah, you can. Uh, that's an analogy to how window is processed. You can do partition by if you do window functions also. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, Match Recognize uses uh, the very same mechanisms for partitioning and for ordering as Window. Hmm. Cool. So cool. it doesn't make any assumptions on the data. It doesn't require the data to be pre-partitioned or anything like this. Okay. It just can take care of it. OK. Cool. All right, so the, the next thing you can do is order by. Here, it orders by the date. Uh, that's because you just want to match the pattern on a sequence of data over time. Yeah. And uh, the fact is that this order by clause is not mandatory in match recognize, but I strongly advise that you always do order your data or otherwise, if the data arrives unordered, you're matching your pattern to some random sequence, which is not very useful. Yep. Right. <laughs> and also right. like in a practical perspective, like say, say your example here, for example, if you wanted to detect customers that over time spend more and more money, or the ones that don't and then find out why there's always an order that makes sense from your like just from the pure analytics perspective right yeah so. yeah of course well, almost always it's yeah it's a it's a temporal or time series type of yeah. measurement that you're trying to do it's usually but ordering by yeah. the time but the, there's no requirement of this yeah. kind of course you can order by anything you want yep mm, all right so we've got two more uh, sub clauses here one is one row per match uh, it just says for every match, give me a one row summary of the match on the output. Okay. Alternatively, I could say all rows per match. And in that case, the, the output would be much more extensive. Mm. And the last clause says after match, skip past last row. I think that's quite self-explanatory. 
Uh, it just says that if you have found the match, you want to start searching for another match right away. So you skip this matched portion, and from there you start your search again. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, if this were to be, let's say we found a match, I don't know, like let's say this this second row is a match and ignore like kind of what's exist like these existing labels and stuff. So if we found a match uh, at row two, we would start at row three then. Or yeah, no, it says skip past, right? So you like you match. Yeah, if if the previous match uh, stopped at if say the row to two hundred is the last matching row, yeah, then you start with the row one hundred. Okay. Uh, uh, the, the next match you can start at, at the row 100. Because so, if you don't do that, then you're going to actually match uh, on the last row of the previous match, or uh, using including the matching row, I should say. No. Uh, with this option, uh, the last matching row is not included. But okay. you, have, you have many more options available, and actually you can skip to the last matching row. Okay. Uh, but I think that the most uh, useful option, uh, other than uh, skip past last row, is after match skip to next row, which okay. means that you, no matter how big the match was, you only take a one small step forward because okay. that allows you to find an overlapping match if it's there inside the previously found match. Hmm. So, yeah, there's there's this step you can take. So yeah. this you find all the all the actual match matches including overlaps yeah last row just doesn't give you any overlaps so if you go down to the picture for a sec right i think if i understand this correctly is like the skip past last row means in this case we would have detected from 200 we have detected the v-shape 150 100 so the mm-hmm. next match would skip past this whole display table and go with whatever, like 400 or whatever the hell is next, oh. right? Yeah, that's cool. So basically, once you detected the V-shape somewhere, you don't try to analyze that data where you found the V-shape again. You skip past it and look if in, like, well, some other future data. Correct. Yeah, cool. That makes sense, Cassia. Awesome. There's uh, this one thing that just made me think of just now uh, when it comes to time series analysis, uh, and this is this is totally tangential. So nothing I'm going to ask you or anything right now. But uh, I, this is just something I wanted to think. This would be an interesting way, thing that we could see if we could uh, at some point apply to match recognize. There's this uh, these algorithms that do uh, trend analysis and a- anomaly detection, where you can look at this initial signal. And then you look for like seasonal patterns first. And then basically based on the seasonal patterns that repeat over and over again, you clear that, you you subtract that from the original signal uh, and then you get a trend pattern. And then from that, you can uh, 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 um, take that out and basically, or subtract that from the original data as well. And then you get what's called a remainder and these kind of indicate anomalies. So this would actually be like multiple process of, of match recognized, but would be yeah. interesting if you could actually do something to this level in just pure SQL. I don't know how performant it would be, but it would have definitely be cool to see if you could do something like this. So maybe we'll, we'll bring that on a, a later show one of these days. So anyways, um, just total tangent. Just I, I, this got me thinking in terms of. But time yeah, you're right. Data. Signal processing is definitely one of those other other ones where you can do that sort of analysis. Yeah, totally. Okay, so back to the real show. <laughs> so, um, so we covered these at least these syntax. Um, was there? Let me see if there was. Uh, yeah, 
that's uh, I'm telling you right now that it's not um, full syntax. Okay. It doesn't have all the uh, sub clauses, but that would just take too long, I think. Yeah. So yeah, and for those interested, the documentation that Katia wrote uh, and we edited together contains all of the complete syntax. Yeah. And there's a lot of things. There's, there's good examples and everything there. And ultimately, I think you just have to play with it because it is darn complex, yeah. um, but also super powerful. And as usual with these things, when something gets complicated, you just need to get your hands dirty. Totally. Well, do we want to move on to the PR of the week? Sure. Let's, let's do it. All right. So I actually, hold on, let me move back to this one. So this uh, week's PR of the week is uh, also done by yours truly, Kasha. Uh, and uh, so uh, I use yours truly wrong. I was actually meant to say Kasha because <laughs> yours truly would mean I did it. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so um, this was um, something we wanted to bring up because uh, we, we typically have done a lot of code uh, pull requests and we haven't been showing much love to like documentation. Um, and so this is just something that I think in general across the board, we, we want to make a, a much more uh, like a clear thing that how much documentation helps the project, um, you know, especially when it comes to these complex pieces that, uh, you know, we're, we're discussing today with match recognize. Um, this one in particular is, uh, is covering the, uh, the, the other, uh, thing that we do pattern analysis with, uh, and this is done on the window function. Kasha, could you tell us a little bit, uh, about kind of what this feature is in contrast to like match recognize? Yeah, this is not like um, an outstanding clause, but this is uh, this pattern matching in window you can achieve by just uh, adding uh, a few more subclauses to uh, the window clause. And actually, this is formally this is something that happens in the window frame. So okay. that's, uh, yeah, that's conceptually difficult, I think, because first you um, define the frame. The, the window of data on which the uh, window function works. And then inside this frame, you search for the pattern. And when the pattern is found, then the frame is further reduced to the area of the pattern. Got it. Oh, okay. But also it can define the pattern measures. And in this case, the pattern measures are not selected like we did from much recognized. We did select this measure and that measure and that measure. Yeah. Here, you don't select the measures, but you call them over the window in the manner that you do window functions. Got it. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so you just, you can select some measure over the window, which actually defines this measure inside. Great. So this is actually good, like, I mean, this is two two different places. You're using a lot of the similar syntax. So somebody yeah. who's like actually coming in wanting to use this type of functionality, you can use it in, in or learn it in one place and kind of apply it at the other. But the difference here is that you're you, instead of actually getting like a row set or something returned that you can play with uh, in the in the match uh, recognize type clause, you're at, in here. You're actually this is just going across the, the context of a particular uh, window frame. Yeah, so the, there's okay. uh, like everything that uh, happens over window, you get one output row per per each input row. Yep. So there, there's no way of outputting all rows per match here. Okay, got it. Okay, that makes sense. 
and and, yeah. and in this case uh, maybe maybe it's worth showing so uh, go to the to the website itself this this is uh, all yeah. the documentation written in our usual uh, restructured text and then if you go and this is now added in the SQL language sta no SQL statement syntax okay you see mm -hmm. there is the like there's the new create materialized views but if you scroll down a little bit there there is the match recognize a dedicated page and then the oh. row pattern recognition in Windows structure also dedicated page because there's just too much to learn so we didn't want to fold it into like I mean it's a subsection of the select obviously but the select mm. page is already super long and, and this is a really complex additional topic so yeah we're breaking it up more and more to have separate sections where you can literally like concentrate on the one feature you want to explain and this is this is the result on what it looks like so it's really looks nice. great very good yeah. So yeah, if anybody wants to learn about this stuff, dive into the documentation and let us know if there's any uh, anything missing or anything that uh, you'd like to uh, document or have documented yourself. Uh, and maybe you could even add your own uh, pull request. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for uh, doing this pull request, Kasha. And, and uh, also, of course, you know, the pull request before this, which was actually adding the feature, uh, applying the, the pattern recognition. Yeah, I think this, this is just a little sprinkle of icing on top of the big, 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 baking effort yep, <laughs> of making sure. the feature so <laughs> okay so very nice to finish it off like that great work well without further ado let's move along to the uh, demo of the week okay okay take okay. it away Kasia. let's show us show us uh let me remove the overlay here so that we can see your your text yeah uh i'm i'm really excited about this part so uh please let us know all the cool things we can do okay so um i'm going to show you basically the same uh, query that we saw just before uh when explaining the syntax but this time uh, i'm going to run it live in the trino cli and uh, instead of this sample data, I'll be using uh, uh, real-life data. Uh, this will be the table orders from the TPCH schema. Uh, and here we have the query. I uh, modified, in, modified it in several ways. Uh, the first thing is that I had to adjust the column names so that they match the uh, schema of this table. Mm. Um, the next thing I changed is here. I added another sorting key. And that's, that's just a um, technical detail. That's because the column order date is not unique. And I just added a unique column to the uh, ordering keys so that we have a consistent ordering. So that on every call of this query, we've got the same ordering, the same result, basically. Because you know the, the match depends strongly on the ordering of rows. So I wanted just to keep it consistent. Um, also, I added two more um, measures here. One is match number and one is classifier. And they look like function calls, but they are examples of um, this. They are special constructs that are restricted to match recognize. And match number returns the sequential number of the match within a partition. So if we partition by customers, then match number will tell us which match of this particular customer it is. And classifier, this is a nice one because uh, this measure returns the label uh, which is attached to the row. So this will say if the row is a start or down or up. 
just as a varkar. And I see you are also doing starts down and up again. So you're again looking for a V pattern, right? Yep. Yeah, that's the same pattern. I just uh, added some mild modifications, but I generally want to work with the query we already saw. Got it. Um, all right. So I think I'm ready to run it now. All right. Okay. That, that's quite a lot. Remember that we've got one row per match. So yep. every row of this output is a, a single match, a V, uh, yeah. even without overlaps. And that's probably because we only require a small V, and this is a very big table. So mm -hmm. just out of curiosity, I think I'll just wrap it in a count aggregation uh, to see how many matches we've actually got on this orders table, how many Vs. Uh, select. Manfred, do you remember how much the tiny table has? It's like uh, how many orders? It's like uh, 1,500? Oh, original. Uh, yeah, it's 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 not huge, but it's also you know. And so the it's oldest kind of... table is the one that has the most. So right, like yeah, that's the biggest. Yeah. Oops, sorry. Uh, I need a semicolon, and we'll see in a moment. Right. So there's nearly three hundred three thousand matches in this orders table. Hmm. Yeah. So I think I'd like to restrict the results because I'm I don't want to I don't like to work with that load of data. So mm -hmm. I think I'll just uh, modify the pattern a little so that it's more restrictive. Uh, I can do it by modifying the pattern quantifiers. It says plus, which means one or more. And okay. instead of that, I'll just put a special quantifier which says three or more. Hmm. Or even I can say four or more, three or more down and four or more, more up. So now we are searching for a big V instead mm -hmm. of a small one. And I hope that will reduce the output. Um, all right. So now there's 12 matches. Very cool. Cool. So I think we're ready to see the matches uh, one row per match. So I'll just unwrap from this count aggregation. Sorry. Um, what happened here? Oh, dear. Yeah, you can go down. Uh, oh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, I went too far up. Now there's the quantifiers are modified, and now I'm, I'm unwrapping this count. Okay. Yeah, so these are actual <laughs> matches, right? So nice. If we take a look at this column match no, which is a match number, there mm -hmm. are only ones here. And that means that for every customer, this is their first match. So there's uh, no customer with two matches. They only have one, each of them. Cool. But maybe we can see some more matches if we allow overlaps. And now I'm going to try it by modifying this clause here after match skip. Instead of skipping past the last row of the match, I will only skip to the next row. And from that next row, just try to find another match. In this way, we can find another V, which is hidden in the first V. OK. All right, so now there's Indeed, we found some overlaps because yeah. now there's 16 rows. Uh, yeah. Let's take a look at this guy here. This is customer one, two, three, four, and he's got match one and match two. And if we look at the measures, they be they begin at different price, but they reach the same bottom price 
and the same final price and they end at the same final date. So clearly these are overlaps. Yep. This one V and another V is a suffix of that first one. Yep. And we've got the same situation here for the guy 400 and for 487 and and here for 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 634. So and this are, this would be kind of useful if you're trying to do a much more exhaustive search, like you're trying to make sure you find almost every single pattern, even if it's like you're saying there's overlap within the patterns. You want to see any time this pattern exists, even if it starts at any row, basically. Sure, correct. Yeah. All right, so now I'd like to show you what happens if we output not one row per match but all rows per match that should be much more on the output and i'll just i'll just modify it here say all rows per match okay all right indeed wow the, the first customer it's his section here and it's got how many? It's got eight rows. And this next one here, 487, look, he's got two matches. <laughs> yeah? Yep. And the first match is up to here, Yeah. Uh, which is nine rows long. And the second match is eight rows long. Very cool. And I think that at this point, we can finally look at this last column, classy, the classifier measure. Yeah. And we can follow how the match exactly looks. This is the row start, these are downs, these are ups. Mm. And this is the next match with the same pattern, of course. Wow, this is really cool because you can actually, like, you could just look at this on the, the first time I've seen um, a table where I can actually visualize something in my head of what this like looks like on a graph or something. <laughs> yeah. And so go, can you go back to the script, like the, the query itself? Sure. So just uh, out of curiosity from, and from just so to like understand for everyone. So you're going select from orders, then you go match recognize. Can you still um, add all the other sugar? Like this is just one clause for the select statement, right? Like, can you still add where customer equals so-and-so? Uh, still you can. Technically speaking, match recognize is part of the from clause. Mm. Okay, so, so you can you add can all the other stuff later as yeah. well afterwards. So yes, and that that could be, and from that you could select, and uh, you could put another match recognize. You can chain them. Okay. Yeah. Very good yeah. observation. Yeah. So in this case, if you wanted to just look at like two or three customers, you can just literally go where customer is in blah. Of course. Or whatever. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. All right. Uh, I'd like you to take a look at this column final date. Uh, I want to explain something here. This is supposed to be the final date. That, that should be the last date of the match. But mm -hmm. if we look at the column, that's not quite so. Only in the last row of the match, this is the last row of the match for, for the first customer, we've got the real final date. Here mm -hmm. we've got only nulls, and then we have some different dates, and only the final one is the real final one. Got it. So, yeah. Uh, if we take a look at this uh, measure declar declaration here, it says last up order date as final date. And this is how the engine works. The yeah, engine, because there is no up. There yeah. is, exactly, there is no up, so the engine cannot refer to it. 
here in this first section of the match there are only start and downs so yeah so the trend goes down in the v right and then you're saying give me the last yeah. update well there is no up, but so. there's no up so it it gives you now and now yeah. in this row the first up show shows up so he can take the, the the engine can take the value from that row the next up and the value is updated and the next up and the okay. value is updated and so, only at the, yeah at the last one the value is finally updated I'm a little confused by that though, because wouldn't the first ones show up after the first label uh, up label had been made, or is that am I thinking about that wrong, or you're yeah. just getting? Oh. Could you explain that more? I I don't quite get your question. So if you have uh, the first row where we have up uh, the yeah, up label, this, this row. Yep, that row. Uh, wouldn't we the first last up be that row, the, the first? Because it's last at this point. And okay. That's actually what's called the running semantics. The running semantics is when you look only at the portion of the match that is available from the beginning up until the row that you're at. Okay. So in the running semantics, this is the last up because you don't see the remaining part. Okay. But you can you can change it. You can switch to the final semantics so that from every row you can see the whole match and it will return this value for every row. And yeah. this is quite an easy modification here in the query. Actually, you just use the keyword final because the, there's also the keyword running, which is implicit. Mm -hmm. But if you do final, then for every column, you've got the real final date, the, the last date. Cool. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, so that, that that's it for the demo. Oh, great. Wow, that's super awesome. I mean, that's, yeah, super helpful demo, though. I, I think uh, the, the, the thing that's hard with this stuff, too, is like until you actually get running something and get some, at least a little de sand uh, sandbox demo uh, to understand it, it's like it's hard stuff to explain. But once you're playing with it, I think like that's the easiest way to explain it of all. And you did a fantastic yeah. job at that. So, uh, so great job there. Um, anything else, Manfred, did you have any other comments or things on the demo or match recognized before we move on to the question? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's been a great demo. It's very educational to see it in action and, and play with it. So I encourage everyone to maybe take those snippets and play with it themselves. And yeah. the TPCH data set is available for everyone so that, that, that query can run as it is and not just. Tell us your tell us about your experience with it and and how confused you are or how awesome it is. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to one of the things I'm looking forward to is and I think that's something like you can now write this in SQL statements, but obviously this is a pretty new new part of the SQL spec from what I understand, right? Yeah. So the tooling yeah. of like other tools like GUI editors and stuff supporting that is not like that mature yet. I, it's going to be very interesting once, like you know, tools like DBVO or some other like uh, reporting tools have tools to to help you understand and write that query for you. Yeah. At the moment, you basically have to write the SQL, <laughs> and obviously, that's not everyone's position. But at least you have the power at your hands now, which is super awesome. So thanks, Cassia, for doing that. It's yes. really really thanks. awesome. Yeah, so far, I think we've, in terms of like match recognize, we've, if you look up, if you Google match underscore recognize with the, you know, that uh, syntax, 
you'll you'll find like m- most of the people most of the systems that have done this are uh are like microsoft uh sql and like very very industry grade sql uh sort of for servers like oracle and things like that so that's that's really where match recognized and then like you'll scroll down a little bit and you'll eventually find uh the match recognized post for trino um but uh not a lot of people have have made this a priority and and use it but Enterprise does see this as a very useful uh, clause, and it's it's something that is uh, you know I think is extremely uh, useful as we see. Uh, got a quick uh, comment from Ashar again. Reminds me of the streaming analytics queries uh, that now we can do in SQL without writing uh, custom streaming processing jobs. Exactly. That, yeah. Maybe like KSQL DB or something like that, or the one of those types of uh, uh, analytic queries engines. Maybe that's what he's talking about. Let, let us know what you're talking yeah, about. There's a lot of that stream processing going on. There's and there's custom stream processing engines yeah. and stuff like that. That's what Hasha is referring to. But gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I know it was like Pino and and uh, uh, has some some stuff like that. I, and also like there's uh, like ones that you can do like window queries. It must be something like like that uh, where you're you're constantly analyzing based on the stream. But anyways, I'm on a tangent now. Let's go to the question of the week. All right. Again, I put it in the wrong. Oh, I'm there. We go. Now we got it up. So, question of the week. Uh, so this is actually another. Uh, I'm, I'm really liking these ones that we're finding in Stack Overflow. So I think this may end up being the more uh, common common thing that we pull questions of the week from. Because uh, and by all means, if anybody wants to submit a question, still we haven't asked about this yet. But if you have your own question uh, for for our listeners and for anybody who's watching this afterwards, uh, send us questions. Uh, you know, but uh, that that are outside of this. We we typically are looking on Stack Overflow to see things related to the show, but we're definitely into you know getting questions from uh, any of our listeners. You can even jump in live. We might or might not need the answer, but. Yeah. I promise we will try to find the answer for the next episode. Worst case, yeah. If we, we could, we do one question of the week where we actually have the pre-canned answer that we actually do the research beforehand. But then, yeah, live we we're always happy to get live questions. So, anyways, so getting into this, uh, how do you tag a list of rows with custom periodic rules? And this question now, uh, it's it's not the exact way the question was asked. To be honest, uh, somebody just put tag order ID with grace period logic, and then they go into kind of describe uh, this this grace period logic. So, so, so I think now that we've gone through the whole uh, uh, background of match recognize and Kasha did this awesome job of talking about pattern matching, you know, I think everybody who's listening in and watching this will, will probably be able to fill in the details. But let's go right in and how, like, see how we could answer this question. So we have, you know, this this uh, table here has create time, order ID, person ID, some variable, like they just called it variable A, and then uh, they defined this is hit semantic on, on it. And so what they basically do is they say, okay, there's a, a is hit column that uh, we basically look for the pattern of, is it equal to, it's equal to uh, true, basically it's a hit, if it's less than or equal to 0.5. So, uh, so that is, you know, for one variable A in particular is less than or equal to 0.5. So we have a couple here where we see is hit is set to true. It's uh, 0.33 here, so it's less than 0.5. We say it's a hit. 0.4, it's a hit. 0.4, it's a hit. So we have three rows that are uh, our hits in this column. And what we want to do is we want to apply some grace period logic uh, where we say anything where there's a hit 
and uh, we want to basically say that has uh, full, we, we only want to actually do this thing called final hit, where we actually uh, ignore hits that happen within four orders. So this is, you know, basically uh, set, it's, it's ordered by the create time. And so anything that any of the next four rows, basically you're saying that I'm not going to consider this a hit until I, I have four more orders that come in afterwards. So, um, so they were asking all these different ways. There's really no answer to this. But uh, you know the the one really good answer is that we could use match recognize, of course. So I'm going to move back to uh, my kind of extension on the answer here, where we look at the original values that were were uh, pulled in here. Uh, I pulled it in as like a CSV value. So the this is the input data: uh, create time, order ID, person ID, and variable ID. And so um, we we want to basically uh, meet the is hit column first, and once we've determined is hit, we can actually then also define a grace period uh, column. And so this was answered by uh, by by Kasha internally, but uh, on Stack Overflow uh, was actually uh, Martine. So um, so th uh, they they kind of together answered this, and basically what we get is uh, we can pull this data in similar to what we did in the first earlier query. Um, and so you guys can all go ahead and run this. Uh, you, you, uh, you people can all run this and, um, and basically uh, do the same type of thing. So we do match recognize. We're going to define our pattern. So the pattern is actually going to be a, um, a grace period of four. So we're saying every four rows, we want to actually make sure that we are um, are, are applying this, this pattern matching. We don't want to do it because, again, that's the grace period logic. And... Uh, and uh, Kasha, also you said this is a nice little note here. G is equal to grace period. So uh, good, good uh, um, uh, commenting there. So we define that, and we were going to say a hit is actually going to be defined here. So a hit is defined as where variable a is less than or equal to 0.5, and then uh, we we then pull that uh, that pattern out. We we apply the pattern of grace period of four, and uh, and then ultimately. We do. We measure if the uh, classifier is equal to this uh, hit type. Am I getting all this right? I'm actually. This is uh, uh, this if syntax is actually uh, kind of interesting to me. Could you go into a little bit more about that if if uh, syntax there, Kasha? Well, that, that just uh, SQL if. Uh, oh, there's, okay. There's, there's nothing more than that. That's not, nothing specific to much recognize. Got it. Okay, yeah. Now, now I understand it. So it's basically just saying if uh, this is, but what I, I actually don't if remember. If the classifies hit, it returns true. Otherwise, it returns true null as a value, which right. allows you to set up those hits. Got it. Okay. No, that makes sense now. So then, if we look back here and we look at the values, then that's exactly what uh, what came from that. So anywhere where there was not a final hit. Uh, we got a null. Of course, anywhere there's no hit, we can't get a hit. And so we look at these hits here. And we get a true value uh, at this first hit. And then uh, we get another true uh, a hit within the grace period. And so we don't call that a uh, true value. It gets returned as null, just like the if statement said. And then, um, and then we, we go after the initial grace period. And we actually get the 
um, the match here where it's going to be a, uh, a final hit here. So that is the resulting logic. So uh, really cool way that, that uh, you know, Kasha and Martin applied the, um, the match recognize uh, uh, application to this particular problem. Again, there's so many different examples and I'm hope hopefully this kind of gets your brain jogging on, you know, what, what uh, possibilities there are to, to uh, do with this syntax. Um, it's, it's, it is like Kasha was mentioning, you know, it's pretty powerful stuff. So, uh, so thank you so much for, for implementing that uh, Kasha. It's a uh, really, really cool stuff. Thanks. So, um, so with that, uh, I think that's pretty much the show. Uh, surprisingly, I think we're trying to make up for, for last week's show. We, uh, we, we well, went way on, over we last week. <laughs> That's also true. Uh, so uh, so I, I think uh, we'll, we'll call that the show. Uh, if uh, Unless is there anything else, Kasha, before we left off, that any parting words uh, maybe about, uh, you know, uh, match recognize or anything that uh, you would like to bestow on the people uh, before we head off? Maybe give us a glimpse on what you have in store for us next. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, we've got this feature almost complete in Trino. Uh, until recently, we didn't have this extension to window functionality, which is now there. And it's also documented since the, the last version, 360. Um, and uh, the only thing that, uh, is, uh, that differs uh, between Trino and the specification is actually the usage of aggregations inside mm -hmm. um, the um, inside match recognize, but uh, I'm working on it actively. I've already got a working prototype, so hopefully we'll have that soon and the feature will be complete. Wow, and, uh, that's great. That's yeah. cool. Awesome. That's coming. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely look forward to that. Uh, thanks for your time, and uh, we will see you all in two weeks. Uh, and uh, don't uh, don't miss it. <laughs> all right, talk to you later, everyone. Music for the show is from the Mega Man 6 gameplay album by Shishtaf Swabikowski. Don't forget to give us a star on the Trino repository at github.com forward slash TrinoDB forward slash Trino. And for more information on future shows and to find show notes, check out trino.io forward slash broadcast.